This is a podcast from Rover. Right, welcome back into the show. Well, New Zealand's first large-scale vertical farm will start production in Hamilton this month. Now, it aims to produce around 4,000 bags of leafy green vegetables a day in about half the time it would take to grow them outdoors. Green Grower Chief Executive Tom Shute is on the line with us now. Tom, lovely to talk. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Dominic. Thanks for having us. No worries at all. Great news, really. Um, firstly, I guess for for the Upper North Island, I can imagine a few jobs being created there. Yes, yeah, that's right. And and one of the things we're really excited about is um, is bringing some of the science uh, that um, you know areas of the Waikato are so famous for into the horticultural space, um, aiming to, to to bring some roles in not just in our processing site, but also in ongoing research and development as well. So I think it's a it's a really encouraging thing for us to try and do in this region. Now, vertical farming, it's something that I've touched on a few times this year with different organisations, generally uh, outside of New Zealand. Tell us a little bit about your vertical farming operation and how that works. Yeah, sure. So our our vertical farming operation is is similar to those you would have seen overseas. We're using a hydroponic system in vertically stacked layers uh, with with support of of LED and environmental controls. Um, So it's it's broadly similar to what you see in in overseas markets in terms of the ability to grow uh, using a lot less water, using a lot less land. Uh, Growing in a controlled environment means the system's pesticide-free. Uh, as well. The the advantage, I guess, or the difference we see in the New Zealand market is the ability to complement the existing growing systems where there are challenges in production at the moment in parts of the year. So the the core technology that we're bringing in is is very similar to that being seen overseas, um, albeit for for a different reason here. Uh, You know, New Zealand doesn't struggle with some of the challenges of the overseas market, but we do have our own uh, our own issues, and our our business is designed to solve or, or, or supplement those uh, challenges. Yeah, that's right. So it's the, as you say, the times of the year where it's um, you know you can't grow this sort of stuff. You're able to come to the party here and uh, alleviate some of that uh, supply pressure, I suppose. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we we are you know we, every day's the same in our system, so we're able to um, to make sure that we have consistency in the of what we deliver and in those times of the market uh, in the market where you know supply is constrained we're able to make sure we're getting product out and keeping uh, consumers happy by, by getting product on shelf so what sort of product are we talking here what kind of leafy greens tom yeah, so our system um, can grow a wide variety of, of greens, ranging from mainstream lettuce, spinach, uh, kale uh, crops, through to to more niche herbs and microgreens as well uh, as Asian greens. Um, where we're targeting at the moment is where that challenges uh, you know traditional products like leaf lettuce, spinach, uh, kale, uh, rocket, um, the sorts of products that uh, that we have seen the, the challenges in supply at the moment. But the system is very adaptable, and so we're able to adapt as as can consumer demand changes or as as gaps in the market change as well. Tom, there's um, a few things when I've spoken to the overseas companies that were spoken about with vertical farming and uh, there's a, a couple of things that struck me as really interesting. One um, idea is um, the recycling, I guess, of, of the water system that's used um, and also the introduction of certain uh, bugs and insects uh, that are beneficial for the growing of these types of vegetables. Is there anything like that in terms of your system that's comparable? 
Yes, yeah, on the water side, our system uses about 1% of the water compared to an equivalent traditional farm or outdoor farming system. Um, basically, the way we're able to operate is, is that all the water that we we use, essentially anything that isn't picked up by our plants through their growing process, is able to be recycled, re-cleaned, retreated, and, and, and sort of circulated through the system again. Mm. So we end up with very limited incremental water coming into the system every day, uh, just essentially what we need to help the plants grow. Um, so on the water side, we're able to use some of those real efficiencies that you see from having such a constrained environment. Um, the, uh, on the bugs and, and insects side, it's, it's really interesting. It's, it's obviously product dependent. So for certain products that require uh, propagation, obviously that's that's very helpful for our core range. There's, there's limited uh, advantages to doing that at the moment, but it's certainly something that is a really interesting field of research um, on a wider variety of crops. Yeah, very interesting stuff. So it, it, it really is, as far as I can ascertain, a um, a model that is based on these overseas um, vertical farms. Tell me where and how you sort of came up with the idea. What what was the genesis of you going down this particular road? Yeah, well, it's a bit of a cliched story. Uh, we, we were spending some time, myself and our co-founders, spending some time in the produce industry, um, ranging from uh, the supply side into uh, into buying you know, at, a, at an individual store level. Um, and, and we just saw the challenges that are emerging and, and continue to uh, emerge in, in the availability of product and the volatility of of supply and, and, and price throughout the year and um, and realise that there, there are opportunities in those really challenging periods uh, through technology to solve those those issues and, and vertical farming became the, the idea that we thought would solve those challenges um, and after a few years of, of work, um, we're at the point now where we're able to start to bring this product into the market. In terms of the uh, timeline, the construction, etc., where are you at at the moment with all the logistics of everything? Yeah, so we, we obviously uh, brought a lot of equipment in from overseas uh, to enable this to happen, just the reality of, of a first-of-its-kind system. Um, so there was a reasonable logistics trail to work through. We're at the tail end of that now. We have, uh, we have plants growing in parts of the system, uh, and we're just commissioning the final parts of that really over the next couple of weeks. Uh, so that we're we're fully operational by the end of the year, starting to grow at, at scale as we intend to. So it's it's taken about, I'd say, a, a good eighteen months through from design through to, uh, to through the consent process, obviously in the construction phase, and we expect that to come down as the technology is is more readily available. Um, and obviously the challenges with, with, with COVID and, and how that's impacted supply chains and lead times and that sort of thing. Um, but it has been a reasonable, uh, reasonably intensive process uh, from, from inception to here. Mm, I can imagine, yeah. Um, harvesting, bagging, things like that, do you do that on site or is that done elsewhere? Yeah, it, it can be done on site. So we have the capability on site to, to process and pack for a variety of, of customers and formats. Um, obviously, uh, that's customer dependent on what format you know the, the the eventual customer or intermediate customer wants it to be in. Uh, that'll drive the, the extent of processing that occurs on site. Oh, actually, one other thing I was going to ask you about soil. Are you using peat soil? Yes, yeah, we are. We use we use peat plugs. Um, there are a variety of of options you can use in these controlled environment farms. Um, we've settled on uh, on peat at this stage, but there's ongoing work um, globally in terms of the most effective solution to use. Um, all of our peat is composted uh, following uh, following you know its, its use in the system. And Tom, do you see this being more of a feature of New Zealand agriculture in the next few years? 
I, I do. I think it's a case of, um, of I guess, solving those challenges that, that exist and working and coexisting alongside traditional farming systems as well. Um, you know, we have been very well served by, by those uh, for a long time, and it's just being able to solve the challenges through, through technology that, that will mean this sort of uh, supplements the existing market. And I, I think some of those challenges will continue. So the role of, of vertical farming will, will continue to exist and the extent to which it exists is really dependent on um, the extent to which those challenges continue to, to emerge or, or lessen. Great stuff. Um, uh, an official opening sometime early in the new year, is that right? Yes, yeah, that's right. We wanted to get ourselves going and, and start to work through our processes and, and get comfortable with that, but we're, we're planning on having some people through uh, early in the new year once everyone's back from their holidays. Fantastic stuff. Well, listen, it uh, promises to be a uh, an exciting um, uh, venture, uh, to say the least. Green Grower Chief Executive Tom Shute, thanks so much for your time. We'll yeah. keep in touch. Thanks, Tom. Cheers. Was well, one of the bigger talking points out there at the moment in its submission to the government. Beef and Lamb New Zealand has rejected the government's proposed agricultural emissions pricing system. Beef and Lamb has called for essential changes to ensure the resulting system does not disproportionately impact sheep and beef farmers. That is our programme for today. As always, thanks for your company. Make sure you go and check out netspeed.net.nz. And Mark and Leah are up next here on Today FM.